Hello, this is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk podcast network recorded in the NordoniaHills.news studio. Today, I have with me Dariah Sethna and Andrew Thompson, and this is the Cleveland Sports Show. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show. Today with me, Dariah Sethna. Um... It's a great day uh, for me today, personally. Not only is it the first day of my two-week winter break vacation from school, but I also uh, have a friend with me who's going to be doing the shows uh, with me now. He helped me on the broadcast last night. Um, I'd like to welcome Andrew Thompson to the Cleveland Sports Show. Andrew, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for your interest. Um, We have a lot to talk about today, but uh, first I just want to get, can you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you, Darius. I'm really glad to be here. Um, I had a lot of fun last night talking about the Knights game, even though it did come out with a loss. You know, I uh, I was every morning. My dad he uh, drives me. We're listening to the uh, sports radio, and I uh, heard your I heard yours, and I was like, oh my god, I should do this. Yeah, I mean, it was really, it's really great that you know we have a lot of people listening to the show, and I really can't wait because you're such because I know we're both in the band. You're such a charismatic person. You're always you know happy and positive, and I'm really happy that you're here to bring that vibe to this show. Um, and I'm glad I have someone else to talk to, especially when days uh, like my friend Brady when he can't make it. So let's dive right in, and I'm going to talk about soccer for a little bit here. Uh, we weren't here last week, so. I missed to, uh, my time to wrap up the MLS season, but um, I am here now, so we're going to just wrap up the MLS season real quick here. Um, congratulations to Atlanta United FC for their championship, uh, their MLS Cup championship. Um, they were victorious against the Portland Timbers um, Saturday, uh, December 8th, two weeks ago, um, in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, the final score was uh, two to nothing in favor of Atlanta United. Um, Josef Martinez um, in the 39th minute scored the opening goal for Atlanta, and then it was Francis, uh, or excuse me, Franco Escobar in the 54th minute, which sealed the deal um, to give Atlanta a two nothing lead. And Portland were just never able um, to retaliate back. This is Atlanta United FC's first um, MLS Cup title and they will be looking to defend their crown this next upcoming season. Now we're going to move on um, from the United States and the MLS. We're going to move on to Italy um, for Serie A soccer. Uh, I introduced you guys to this league two weeks ago. Um, And uh, we all know that a familiar face of Cristiano Ronaldo is playing in a Juventus uniform and um, his contributions are obviously showing to the team as they are in first place in the standing still with 46 points. Um, they've played 16 matches, they have 15 wins, one draw, and they do not have any losses. So to make this comparison, they're all, it's almost as uh, if they're the Warriors of Serie A, Juventus, and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is almost like that Kevin Durant type figure. Um, but without further ado, Napoli is in second place. Um, with 38 points, and then Inter Milan in 32 with 32 points are in third place, and then AC Milan, the other Milan team, are in fourth place with 27 points. And uh, just uh, update on Cristiano Ronaldo: his stats for Juventus this year. He's played in 16 matches. He has 11 goals on five assists, and he's barely been getting in any trouble at all in terms of the cards. 
He only has two yellow cards, zero red cards. Now I always talk about the Premier League and that's what we're going to do once more here. Um, Liverpool still remain atop of the standings. Um, they've been able to uh, gain some cushioning between um, their opponents of Manchester City. Um, the difference between the first and second place teams is only by four points, but last time it was only about by one point. And um, second, Manchester City is in place in that place with 44 points. In third place, it's Tottenham Hotspur with 39 points. Um, in fourth place, it is Chelsea with 37, and fifth place is Arsenal from London, who have 34 points. And the top scorers so far in the Premier League include Mohamed Salah, who um, has about 1,489 minutes played and has 11 goals scored on 5 assists. Um, his shots on target are about 64%. Um, second is Pierre-Emerick um, Aubameyang, with, who plays for Arsenal. Um, he's played about 1,306 minutes so far. He has 10 goals scored on 3 assists. And Raheem Sterling of Manchester City has 1,004, excuse me, 1,140 minutes played, um, with nine goals scored on six assists, and he's his shots on target um, are a whopping 82%. That is the highest on the list of goal scorers this uh, this um, this upcoming time in the Premier League. Now we're going to move to Spain for uh, La Liga and Barcelona still remain atop of the standings with 34 points. Sevilla is in uh, second place with 31 points. Um, Atletico Madrid um, are tied with Sevilla at 31 points. Um, the difference though is that Real, or excuse me, Atletico Madrid has one less win than Sevilla. They have, um, Sevilla has nine wins, Atletico Madrid has eight wins. And then in fourth place it's Real Madrid with nine wins, two draws, and five losses to combine for 29 points. And going back to Barcelona, we always have to talk about Lionel Messi if we're going to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. And this year, Lionel Messi has played in 14 matches, and he has 14 goals. To go along with those 14 uh, duo, he has 10 assists this season and only one yellow card. So the two arguably best soccer players in the world um, obviously showing what they're still capable of and also not getting in trouble in terms of the card situation with their teams which eventually is going to pay off. And last but certainly not least, um, I always talked about how I um, add new leagues to talk about in, in different parts of the world uh, every week and this time we're going to take a tour to France um, where we're going to look at Liga 1 um, standings in first place, PSG um, holds a comfortable 10-point differential between the second-place Lille team. Um, PSG, um, which stands for Paris Saint-Germain from, obviously, Paris, um, have a 44 points thanks to 14 wins, 2 draws, and 0 losses. Um, Lille, the team who's in second place, have 10 wins, 4 draws, and 4 losses to combine with 34 points. Lyon has 17 matches played. They have 9 wins, 4 draws, and 4 losses to go for 31 points. And then in 4th place, Montpierre, who has played 16 matches, have 8 wins, 5 draws, and 3 losses to combine for 29 points. And that's going to conclude the soccer portion of this show. Um, we're going to get more leagues for you 
um, shortly throughout the weeks. Um, but we're going to move on to the NBA and basketball. And because this is the Cleveland Sports Show, we're of course going to start with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who had a bit of a strange week this week. Um, this um, this past Sunday, they were blown out at home by the Philadelphia 76ers by a score of 128 to 105. And it was clear that the 76ers was just much more talented and better team. And then Tuesday, they surprised us all with a phenomenal win in Indianapolis to defeat the Pacers at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Um, Larry Nance Jr. with that last second attempt, um, a tremendous victory for the Cavs, and especially um, on the road, a huge momentum booster for them. Uh, however, they were not able to carry that momentum into um, their match versus the Horn against the Hornets in Charlotte. They lost by a score of 99 to 110. They were outscored um, by 12 in the second quarter by 29 points to 41. And then last night they faced their Eastern Conference rivals, the Toronto Raptors, and uh, were, needless to say, blown out by 16 points. Um, they were outscored by 10 in the fourth quarter. They kept it competitive in the first half, but then Toronto eventually pulled away with the victory. Um, AJ, you were with me last night. We were yeah, broadcasting the Knights game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you told me that you uh, follow the Cavs. You um, talk about you. You've talked about the Cavs before. What's kind of been your analysis this week on the Cavs, and just what have you seen from them so far? Really, I've seen uh, three guys really just stepping it up. Uh, Tristan Thompson, this is a his best season in the uh, NBA. Uh, would you agree? Um, I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. Um, Tristan Thompson, he's out. Tristan Thompson is out now. So, but I have seen him perform. I have, needless to say, I have seen him have some big performances. But I think without LeBron, his value is um, the kid. Um, excuse me. Um, his usage as a player isn't really that great anymore because I don't remember remember the year we won the championship um, LeBron was really the main catalyst who would um, lead Tristan Thompson to big scoring nights and I just think without LeBron it's harder for Tristan Thompson to find that motivation to score every night but he has had some tremendous games um, is it the best season of his career um, not I don't think so I mean just given how porous their record is and given the fact that he's such a huge um, factor in how successful they are I don't think this is his best season Yet, and I just want to talk about uh, LeBron. Uh, do you, how guys are playing right now? Like we see him, uh, um, Jordan Clarkson. He's scoring uh, twenty points uh, last night. Larry Nance scoring sixteen. If they were scoring this much with LeBron, do you think he would have stayed? Um, I th I think so. I think also you have to give a part that they didn't perform in the playoffs last year. Um, they relied just too heavily on LeBron, and when they did play well, um, when they all worked as a unit, you, we saw in the playoffs that they would destroy teams. Like, remember last season against the Raptors uh, in the playoffs, um, the Cavaliers swept the Raptors and didn't even have home court advantage in that series. Um, and in that uh, fourth game of that 2018 playoff series against the uh, Raptors, the Cavs just blew them out. It, was just, it just wasn't fair. And um, the Cavs blew out the Celtics um, at home in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And that's all because the entire team was working together. They weren't just focusing on LeBron. Um, so, you know, for example, in Game 3 of that Eastern Conference playoff series, LeBron had 27 points in that game. Um, so guess how many 
points that the Cavaliers, the rest of the Cavaliers cast got. They had 89 points to combine for a total of 116 That's points. Really good, yeah. So, you know, when when LeBron doesn't have to put up, you know, 40 a game, I think he probably would have stayed. Um, and I also think that the offer to Los Angeles wouldn't have been as enticing if the Cavaliers actually were able to compete without LeBron. But unfortunately, as we've seen this season, that's just not the case. And now, uh, we've seen uh, Zion Williamson. He's scoring 19 points a game with uh, two blocks and two steals. Do you think that the Cavs should tank right now? Because I feel like the Cavs should tank. And uh, some people are calling Zion a reincarnation of uh, LeBron James. So if you think that if we draft um, Zion, then we could make the championship sometime? Um, I don't think just Zion Williamson, as great as he is, I don't think he's just going to you know, somehow you know, turn the Cavs' chances. And to get on your point of them already tanking, um, tanking this season, they already are take it, tanking. I mean, if you look at their, their abysmal record, they are 8-24. Um, um, after last night's loss, um, they were 8-20. and 20, They're now 8-25. So it's clear to me that they obviously aren't going to come back in any way. Um, and I think Zion Williamson, as great as he is, you know, Stephen A. Smith of ESPN talked about this. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him if yeah. he comes to Cleveland because the Cleveland fans are going to want, you know, LeBron 2.0. And they might not get that in Zion Williamson's first year because, you know, he's going to be a rookie. So You know yeah. what I think the um, uh, Cavaliers should, well, Zion should do right now is his uh, weight is... um. 285 pounds. I think right now he should get get away from the draft, lose all of that weight that can let the Cavs draft RJ Barrett, and then he can get, declare for the draft again, and then the Cavs can get him. I think that's just a good move for Zion because if he comes to the NBA with all that weight, it's going to be very hard for him. And you know, the especially given the fact that we you know we've seen we've seen players who were just phenomenal in college, like Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball, you know, struggled to really find themselves in the NBA this season. And, you know, like I said, I think Lonzo Ball is that perfect example. Um, you know, he was a sensation in college, and he was doing extremely well. But, you know, his first year as a Los Angeles Laker, he was, you know, having a lot of trouble. I don't know if you remember this last year. Yeah, but yeah. He was having a lot of trouble finding his shot. Um, I think LeBron coming into the picture, you know, just the, you know, the passing ability that he has really has helped Lonzo Ball. Um, but like I said, it's it's really hard to put um, Zion Williamson in a position where he has so much pressure. Um, it's almost like when LeBron was first drafted. He had so much pressure to do well, and the Cavs didn't make the playoffs the first year no. and LeBron's first season in the NBA. So, um, yeah, I think the Cavs just need uh, to figure out ways to get role players so when the draft does come, they can find more players and just build a cohesive unit and not just focus on one guy because I think that's been their you know that's their Achilles heel this whole time with LeBron mm -hmm. and also I'm uh I know this is the Cleveland Sports Show but I'm actually like really surprised at the Nuggets right now they are 21 and 9 that's the top of the, the West Conference right now and they're they don't even have anyone that's scoring over 20 points they have Nikola Jogic and Jamal Murray they they aren't scoring over 20 at all yeah, and yeah, this is the Cleveland Sports Show, but of course we're always going to bring up uh, new NBA teams. 
And yeah, the Nuggets really, Andrew, have been a huge surprise for me. Um, I don't think they're, the problem is I don't think they're going to get past, you know, the Golden States. Oh, I don't think they're going to, I don't, I honestly don't even think they'll, because if you think about it, they're going to have to beat teams like Golden State, Houston, um, Los Angeles, Lakers, to be specific, four times in a row. The only team that I think, that I just mentioned that they can probably beat four times in a row are the Houston Rockets, just given how, like, how, just how disappointing they make this. the playoffs, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think they'll make the playoffs. I just think James Harden's that good. Chris Ball will be able to come back. I think they'll be able to make the playoffs. And then, you, you know, you have other teams like, you know, the Kings and Mavericks, who I don't think are going to make the playoffs. Um, but to get back on the point of the Nuggets, they're not going to beat teams like, I think, I don't even think they'll beat Portland four times yeah. in a series. I don't think they're going to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Um I am just how well the Thunder are doing this season. Um, they're in second place, right behind the Nuggets. Um, they're one game behind the Nuggets. In fact, I don't think that the Nuggets would be able to beat a Russell Westbrook, Paul George duo in um, four four times out of seven games. But um, you know, get back on my point. One team that I've been very disappointed about. I don't know if you are the Boston Celtics. Very very disappointed with their performance. Um, they are 18 and uh, 13 right now, um, after 30 um, after about 31 games, and I just you know just to see how well the Raptors are doing, the Bucks, the 76ers, Pacers, you know, at the beginning of the season I thought it was really almost a lock for the Celtics. They you know they'd have to go up against. I thought it was going to be Boston, Toronto, and Philadelphia who are going to be the three teams who are going to compete for that Eastern Conference crown. I did not expect Milwaukee to be doing this well. I did not expect to be. Um, Indiana doing this well. Um, so I think, you know, those are the two other teams that really stand out to me. Um, but I think the Celtics are going to have to step up their game um, if they're going to want to pull something off. You know, they had that, I think, six, about eight-game winning streak, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that's because it was, you know, a lot of weaker teams in their conference. Yeah. Um, but I think I've, I've heard deals about, you know, should Kyrie Irving go, should they let go Kyrie Irving? Absolutely not. I don't think so. You don't just let go of Kyrie Irving for, you know, for, you know, X, Y, Z, even if it's Anthony Davis. I think Kyrie Irving is just that gifted. I was even talking about it in the broadcast last night when you were asking me, you know, who would you want as a clutch player? And uh, I think Kyrie Irving, you know, is one of the blue guys who has to stay for the Celtics team. But, uh, yeah, I want to get into your analysis because you're here on the show as well. But just what are your, some other thoughts of your, NBA surprises this season so far. Yeah, but how we were talking about the Celtics, uh, you may disagree with me, but I think they should trade Gordon Hayward, maybe get a high draft pick, maybe get someone who can really just uh, score the basket. Yeah, and I think um, I agree with you on the fact that they need to trade Gordon Hayward. I, I think Gordon Hayward has been probably the number one reason why they have not been doing so well this year, because they've had to integrate him back into their offensive system. I think they need to trade Gordon Hayward um, for either a draft pick or another star. Um, I don't know if you listened to the show. I think it was a couple months ago. Um, Brady and I were talking about uh, Kevin Durant's free agency options, mm -hmm. and I was talking about you know, yes, Kevin Durant has a home in L.A., but maybe he should consider getting a home in Boston because if you think about it, the way that Kevin Durant was able to integrate himself with the Warriors' offense. I think he can easily be able to do that again with this Boston offense. Because if you imagine a backcourt of Kyrie Irving and a help, or excuse me, um, a frontcourt of Jason Tatum, 
and Kevin Durant. I mean, you have something extremely special, not to mention the young players of Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, of course, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, who I thought played very well despite their loss last night to the Bucks. Um, I think if you basically swap Kevin Durant with Gordon Hayward, I know it almost seems impossible, but I think that really just puts the Celtics over the top, especially over Toronto. But what, I mean, Brady disagreed with me on where Kevin Durant should go, but I want to get, what are your thoughts on that, you know, on that possible option? I'm a, actually, I feel like Kevin Durant is a little overrated. Like, we saw how he was doing without Steph Curry. Um, he, he couldn't lead the um, uh, Golden State Warriors to getting a lot of as wins as they uh, should. And now, if the um, uh, Celtics, um, well, if while well, he's playing with a star player, I think he's very good. Like we saw him playing with Russell Westbrook, he was winning MVPs. Um, with Steph Curry, w playing with Steph Curry, he was winning the Finals MVP. And now, if he were to lead the Celtics or any other team by himself, I think that they it would be a bit of a downgrade. I don't know about it's not Kevin Durant by himself. Let's not forget it's not just you know the Celtics rely entirely on Kevin Durant. No, they have. Kyrie Irving. We always forget about that other all-star in Al Horford. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, you know, like I talked about Jason Tatum. So it's not like Kevin Durant has to do all the scoring. He has to play all the defense. That's not. That's really not it. It's basically Kevin Durant going to a younger Warrior team that's more talented athletically, that, um, you know, that they're, yes, they're, no, they're, um, excuse me, no, they're starting five of the Celtics wouldn't be all five all-stars. But that means their bench would be a lot better. Because let's think of it: the, who would you rather take in the Golden State uh, in terms of the bench? Would you rather take Golden State's bench or Boston's bench? I'm pretty much picking Boston's I'll bench, Boston bench yeah. given that mm -hmm. versatility. Um, you know, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris, who's had a phenomenal season so far. So I think it'd actually be a lot easier for the Celtics, and they wouldn't have to worry about integrating Kevin Durant. Excuse me, Kevin Durant to their um, offensive system because he knows how those kinds of systems work and the way he was able to do it so well with Golden State. Well, um, say he did go to the um, uh, Celtics in the offseason. On the beginning of the Celtics season, we saw Jason Tatum. He was scoring uh, 20 points per game. And uh, say at the start of the season, Kevin Durant, he, he decided to sign with the uh, Celtics. Would that really just stop Jason Tatum from developing into a greater player? Um, I don't think so because... You know, it's it's obviously not going to you know need to put in 25 points per game, but at the same time he's going to be much needed because in that starting front court, who else are the Celtics really going to have other than Marcus Morris? I'm thinking so. In terms of like front court dominance, they're going to need Jason Tatum to be able to pair along with Kevin Durant. Um, Jason Tatum would almost think I think of this maybe play that Draymond Green role, um, but just a much more talented scorer, um, not as great of a passer. Um, so, yes, it'll be hindered, I think, a little bit, but it's all going to be for the better, and of and their future um, is still going to be intact. So, um, going back to the Cavs right now, uh, J.R. Smith, he's still on the team, right? Yes, he is. He just he's you know he's been working out. I've seen videos of him working out, um, but he still has yet to be traded. Um, I it clearly shows you that, you know, his value in the NBA is not as great as people think. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're going to say something about that. So, um, I'm really confused right now because, like, uh, J.R. Smith, I think he's a great player. He just has his moments. 
Um, and I, I think the Cavs really do want to trade him because they are tanking, uh, like we said. Um, but wh where would he go? Because I don't think many teams would want him after the f big finals mistake that he made. Go to Houston. I've heard a lot of rumors about Houston. He could go to the Lakers. Um, I've heard some rumors that LeBron actually wants Jared Smith back on his team. Yeah, let's let's get it. Um, let's just solidify this. J.R. Smith is when he is on fire. There's very few who you know can do better. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw that in the 26 playoffs against uh, in that series against Atlanta, how uh, phenomenal he was. Houston would not be a bad option. I think Los Angeles, like you said, is probably going to. I think it's going to be the best option because no, there are no players on the Los Angeles Lakers who are bona fide shooters who all they do is shoot the ball, and that's what J.R. Smith primarily does. You could say yes, okay, Kyle Kuzma um, really is probably their closest, but he you know, he's a forward. He also has to be able to take the ball inside, which you know Kyle Kuzma has been you know sensational years, and um, I think with J.R. Smith, if you put J.R. Smith um, in a shooting guard position, I think he'll be able to, um, to really help the Lakers offensively, especially when he's on fire. Um, on the other hand, he can't make you know silly decisions though, and I've actually heard rumors that. Uh, Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards may be associated in a deal uh, for the Lakers because if there's anything the Lakers need right now, it's shooting. They don't have shooting. Um, as well as they've been playing, uh, they won last night against New Orleans. As well as they've been playing, if they really want to compete excuse me, against Golden State, they're going to need you know, a top shooter. And I don't think Clay Thompson, I don't know if you've heard deals or rumors that Clay Thompson might go to the Lakers. Um, uh, yeah, they yeah. definitely shouldn't do that. We, we've seen Clay Thompson. I mean, we've heard Clay Thompson say multiple times that he wants to stay in Golden State. He wants to stay a Warrior. So in that case, if I'm Los Angeles, I'm trying to find the best option. And you know, J.R. Smith. You know, the problem is who would I trade him for? Um, that really is yet to be decided. But I think, like you said, Andrew, either Houston um, or Los Angeles. I would hate to see J.R. You know, not play. I would hate to see Jr. play for a team that's not contending and is basically tanking. I think he deserves more than that. And yes, he did make a terrible mistake in the series last year, but that doesn't negate the fact that the Cavs basically had no help other than LeBron. So I think Los Angeles is most likely going to be the best place for Jr. Smith. The problem is just who would you trade him for? That's the only question. Now, actually, going a little back back a bit to uh, Clay Thompson of the Lakers. Um, he wants to be a Golden St uh, State Warrior. But if, uh, say he did get traded, I think that would be a bad move on the Lakers part because they would most definitely have to trade the rookies they, I mean, not the rookies, the um, uh, young players they have, like Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. And I think those uh, players will more, most certainly develop into an all-star. I would not mind giving up Kuzma, or excuse me, I would not mind giving up Lonzo Ball. It would be Kuzma that's the guy I want to keep. Um, the people I want to, I want to keep in Los Angeles, if I'm Magic Johnson, are Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma. Lonzo Ball, I think I can sacrifice. Um, his dad might not be too happy, LeVar, right. might, LeVar might not be too happy about that, but uh, I, I think that seems a little bit of an irrational um, judgment by me, because I think if the Warriors are going to give away Clay Thompson, they want to get Kyle Kuzma. So, um, but the Warriors do have uh, DeMarcus Cousins, and I just think it's one of the most outrageous free agent decisions. Just given you know his talent, 
I don't think it really made sense to sign with the Warriors. And yeah, they're clearly stay with the Pelicans. Yeah, he, he, he's clearly they're clearly successful without him. You know, they're the second in the West, so they really don't need him. Um, so I just think that's unfortunate. But yeah, to get back, I just think Clay Thompson. We have to assume he's going to remain at Golden State. I just don't really see him going anywhere mm-hmm. else, especially with the his backcourt partner and Stephen Curry. So you know, great conversations, Andrew. Um, in terms of the Cleveland Cavaliers, their upcoming schedule tomorrow they play the Chicago Bulls um, at six o'clock. A little bit of an early start in that one, and then the day after Christmas they will um, begin their three-game road trip. Um, they will face the Memphis Grizzlies um, away. Um, excuse me, the twenty-sixth of December, and will head to Miami to take on the Heat that up that Friday. And then on Saturday, the very next day, they will be in Atlanta at State Farm Arena to take on Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. So that is the uh, upcoming schedule for the Cavaliers. Um, But that does not negate the fact that we have a phenomenal schedule on Christmas Day for the NBA. The Bucks and the Knicks will face off at Madison Square Garden um, at noon on Christmas Day. And then we have a battle of the two former MVPs. Russell Westbrook and James Harden will be facing each other down in Houston, Texas. That should hopefully be a fun one. And then the Boston Celtics will um, face their NBA rivals, the Philadelphia 76ers, at the TD Garden. And then we will see our first matchup, official official matchup of LeBron versus Kevin Durant with LeBron in a Los Angeles uniform. The Lakers will be in Oakland to take on the Warriors at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then to close out this wonderful day of basketball, the um, Portland Trail Blazers will be in Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Jazz. Um, just before before we move on to the NFL here, Andrew, um, what games are you looking forward to? You know, just what what are those games that really um, that you're really anticipating to be great uh, this upcoming Christmas? Um, there's uh, two games I really want to see. I'm um, uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And uh, the Cavs versus the Bulls. And first of all, let me talk about the Cavs and the Bulls. You see uh, Zach Levine scoring over 20 points right now. Uh, I I think that it, it'll be a close game. Both teams are very low in the East right now, and, but both teams have players that can really like step up their game. And I think it'll be a phenomenal game to watch. And uh, to the two All Stars going against each other, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Both of those guys, very clutch players. Um, I think that, that it'll be a gro- uh, very high-scoring match, maybe about uh, 120 to maybe 125, something like that. Um, I, I think that the, um, uh, the OKC will get the win because of the, um, the starters they have, and they also have Dennis Schroeder. He's a, he's a really he's a solid player. Not to mention how bad the Rockets have been this season. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Dries? Uh, what games do you really want to see? Um, I'll be honest with you. There are three games on Christmas Day that I'm really looking anxious to see. Um, I'm probably going to watch a little bit of that Thunder Rockets game. I think that, you know, just because even though the Rockets have been bad, um, that doesn't negate the fact that it's going to be a great matchup, I think. Um, the other two that I really want to see are the 76ers and the Celtics. Um, fun fact, this is the second. This is the uh, Celtics' second home game on Christmas Day. Uh, last year was their first ever home game on Christmas Day. This is going to be their second one ever in Boston. I'm really look, gonna look, looking forward to that one because I need to see, you know, the Celtics 
This is going to be on ABC, by the way. This is going to be on national television. Everyone is watching. And I think the Celtics really need to show, the, you know, the NBA, show everyone, show their fans that they can compete against. And this is going to be the Celtics' first time seeing Jimmy Butler in a Philadelphia uniform. So I'm going to be really interested to see how Kyrie, how all these guys are going to play. And then, of course, I can never miss a LeBron versus Kevin Durant yeah. rivalry. Um, especially the fact that it's in Oakland. I'm really interested to see how the Lakers are going to be um, able to deal with that hostile atmosphere, you know, you know about that hostile mm-hmm. atmosphere that the Oracle crowd always brings. We've known about it when the Cavs were there. And um, I'm really interested to see like what, what the Lakers are going to do in order to be poised against this Warrior team. I definitely think that um, it can be competitive, but it also could be a, just a huge blowout for the Warriors. So this is probably going to be the most tense game out of the three that I'm going to watch um, this upcoming Christmas. I really can't wait. So the last but certainly not least, the Cleveland Browns with a sensational win this past um, Saturday. Their one-point victory in Denver against the Broncos. And then um, last Sunday, the December 9th, they defeated the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton in Cleveland by six, the final score of 26 to 20. Um, great news for all the Brown fans. This does not mean that we are in last place in the AFC North anymore. We are um, in third place out of the four. Um, the Bengals have moved to last place in the division. Um, the Browns are 4-2-1 and one at home, and they are 2-5 and five, um, on the road. Um, now, I was talking about how the Bengals are in last place, right? Well, of course, with that Browns luck, we have to play the Bengals tomorrow. But there is good luck in this game, as the Browns are going to be home. And the uh, Browns were able to destroy the Bengals in Cincinnati by a score of 35-20 to 20 on November the 25th. So hopefully looking for that same kind of um, mindset here, as especially the fact that they're at home. But also, because they're at home, they can't get, you know, Andrew, they can't get cocky about that. They're still playing a quality team. Um, the Bengals are six and eight. Um, they are. They do have two away wins, um, or I should say, road wins. So, what is your really real analysis on the Browns and the NFL so far? Well, uh, right now the Browns and the Bengals. Browns are going to win. The Bengals don't have Andy Dalton right now. They have this uh, Driscoll guy. He, he's not doing very well for them. We've been on a losing streak. And now uh, you were talking about the Browns being cocky. I don't. I don't think the Browns will be cocky at all. That's that's not how Baker rolls. Maybe after the game he'll be a little like, hey, ha ha ha, we won, you know. Uh, but during the game, I know Baker is all about the game, and he he doesn't think about anything other than the game. Right. I think um, you know they might be a little cocky because it is the holiday season. Um, but you know, I definitely think that if they want to win this game, they are going to have to bring an aggressive mindset, and that's not the mindset that the Knights had last night. Um, to start off, but but you said you had some like stuff about the Steelers and other NFL stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, what's your what's your news and update on that? So I want to talk a little about the uh, the playoffs. And uh, you know the Browns still have a chance to make the playoffs. They can get the um, second wild card. But there's it's going to be very very tough. Um, the Ravens and Steelers are going to have to lose a lot of games, and the Browns are going to have to win the rest of their games. They they're doing a great job of that right now, but. I honestly think that the um, the Browns wouldn't have this problem right now if it wasn't for the refs. You saw during the Raiders games, 
the um, the, the refs made a bad call. And like uh, one of the Browns' last plays, they were running and they they should have got the first down, but the refs uh, they they said it wasn't, and the Raiders pulled through in overtime. Now uh, the next game we have the um, uh, Browns and Ravens. The Browns beat the Ravens uh, last game uh, with Baker, and I think that. Uh, we had some uh, leadership issues before with Jarvis Landry and uh, Baker Mayfield, but I, I really don't think we have that right now. I think Baker is the he's a very good leader. He can take these Browns and maybe uh, go to the playoffs. Great analysis um, on the NFL, Andrew. Um, that concludes our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, before we go, again, I'd just like to thank Andrew, who's going to be with, uh, on the show and the broadcast with me. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, you did very well. Thank you. Um, thank you. Especially, Anna, you did very well today and on your broadcast yes, last night. Um, so if you want to see the, check out the broadcast, check out this episode and other past episodes, um, go on NordoniaHills.news. Um, you can also follow me at Nordonia Sports uh, at, on Twitter. Uh, I'm Darius Sethna. And that concludes our show for this week. We will be back with you next week. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, it's been a great year in 2018 in terms of the Cleveland Sports Show. Um, our very first year has really turned out to be a success. So thank you guys for all of your support. We will be back with you next Saturday to talk more sports. Um, once again, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Cleveland Sports Show.